The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. So let's turn to English Premier League football because there's a fantastic weekend of big games ahead of us in the company of Mark Lawrence and Tony Cascarino. But Tony, before we start talking about what's up over the weekend, what about last night and Chelsea? The idea of spending nine million quid on borrowing a striker between now and the end of the season, paying him millions upon millions more in wages, and then 58 minutes into his first game, he gets himself sent off and suspended for the next three games. What sort of madness is all that? Well, a lad given a chance to come to the Premier League, Matt, gets, you know, obviously desire and hunger to do really well. And to be fair, Matt, he played really well up until he got sent off. I just think the, he got caught up in the night, you know, and saw a challenge. And look, once you get your feet off the ground, show your studs, and it's going at someone's leg, you're always in trouble, Matt. And uh, unfortunately for Chelsea, it cost them very dearly into what was a way more promising performance against Fulham until the very end, which obviously losing the game. Yeah. Joel Phillips, do you think was he the type of player they need to make this team better? And then how do they now deal with the next three games without him? Well, the thing is, Matt, Look, he's, got, he's a very gifted footballer. You can see technically he's up there, top level. And he's got great movement. He, he, he can play a number of positions in the forward line. And Chelsea needed somebody to come in and give up more options for Graham Potter's team because they've been really lackluster in front of goal. Um, you just have to look at their numbers, Matt. They've been really poor. And I think, yes, an addition, a valid one. Um, but the next three games, Matt, it's a problem again because, look, they... Crystal Palace at home this weekend um, is a game that they normally cruise through. And you can expect Chelsea to probably win this. But then they go to Liverpool. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how difficult Liverpool is at the moment. And Fulham at home. So they've got a couple of tricky games in there uh, without a player that they really needed. And João Felix will be missed because um, I just think they're not, there's not enough up front, Matt, for them. And yet they've invested loads of money over the years, and especially on wide players. But they, they really were short last night. Mark Lawrence, in the current run of form, though, how much of that can be placed on the shoulders of Graham Potter, who's there now a good few months at this stage? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Matt. But I think I think the problem is, has been that from sort of almost day one, um, he obviously decided what he thought was his best team or as, as near as, as damn it. And then all of a sudden, he got players injured in all sorts of different positions. And because, and as, as, as Cass just kind of talked about it there they're still very very light up front so if all along when they were trying to get the, the right team and the best team but you have a goal scorer you're winning games Matt they haven't really got one I thought Joe Felix was, was really good last night really really lively the, the pacey up front but you look at them and you kind of you think playing against them you can bully them um, you know they're good defensively and decent in midfield etc but you actually look at them and they don't frighten you Matt you don't kind of think you've got somebody lurking in the 18-yard box all the time that's going to score and look for the little knockdowns. Yeah, but see, Mark, They're not we, like that. Yeah, should we have yeah? any sympathy for Chelsea? They have spent no, no, they no. have spent hundreds of millions over the years hoovering up the best talent, dumping good players if they haven't made an immediate impact. And you can go back to Kevin De Bruyne and Mo Salah's <clears> examples. Constantly sacking managers, constantly going out even... I mean, what other team could actually go out and 
borrow a player for six months like they've done with Wild Felix. Oh, that, yeah. you know, well, it's mad. But no, I've got no sympathy. And I'm not suggesting that you would have. But I, ju- I just think, you know what's happened, I think, is is that the two guys who've come in and, and they're, 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 in the, they're in the toy shop and they're buying all sorts of players. What, what a, the only thing I will say about that is I think they buy, they've been buying some young players for the next 18 months, two years, which obviously that, that is a good plan. But, you know, as soon as they lost the centre-forward who's out for, out for the season, the lad who wasn't even kind of, yes, he scores goals, but he wasn't. He, he hadn't had a full season. You're kind of thinking, go and get another striker. You've got that much money. Just go and blast out someone out the water and go right. This, you know, you you are our man. Look, at this level, Matt, if you are not scoring goals on a regular at regular time, you're not going to win games. You really seriously are not. And it's all nice and good looking, pretty, and playing nice football. And say, oh, you know, we're difficult to beat. Score some goals. It wins games. Of course, Aubameyang was supposed to do that for them, Tony. And oh, this, well, this yeah. word, he wants to go back to Barcelona. The, if the Chelsea board continues to show patience in Graham Potter and realise that this is the way he started a couple of seasons with Brighton as well, will the Chelsea fans retain their patience? Well, they have done so far, Matt. I, I mean, it's been really interesting to listen to all the punditry all week, really, and when nearly everybody's saying Potter needs time. And that's fair enough. And I like probably Mark would say, yes, he deserves way more because Chelsea, the club that's been a machine for the last couple of decades in winning trophies, has certainly come off the boil uh, and they're paying a heavy price for it now. But there will come a time, Matt, and it's very close. I mean, I don't imagine if you, you know, after the game against Palace, if they get beat, what do you think the reaction if they would get beat to, if they were Stamford Bridge yeah. got beat by Crystal Palace? Yeah. I just, there's your trouble, Matt. Just think of this one. Nuno was taken, and okay, Nuno was taken from Wolves to, to Spurs. He got five months. We're getting near five months for Potter. And Tottenham made a really trigger, quick decision, Matt, to get rid of Nuno. This does happen in football. As much as you might hear all the stuff around that, no, we're standing by him, you're hearing the same at Everton with Lampard, then suddenly from nowhere, the manager's gone. And that is getting very close to that scenario, the one-game scenario, one more disastrous result... That could cost part of dearly, Matt. Okay, could that be the way... Sorry, Mark, go on. Well, just the other thing is, I mean, how long did Tuchel last with them, with the, with the new guys? And, you know, generally he'd done a good job. He, he wasn't... They weren't playing particularly well at the time, but why, why jettison him? Well, could it be that maybe he was somebody who was perhaps more argumentative than Potter might be with the ownership? The reason I say that is, if you look, Leeds are playing Aston Villa tonight and it was a draw between Villa and Leeds last year, apparently, that put the tin hat in it for the Leeds ownership, decided Marcelo Bielsa's time was up. Now, I think Bielsa was probably a difficult enough guy for them to work with at times because he was so stubborn in what he yeah. did. Yeah. His replacement, Jesse Marsh, goes into tonight's game against Aston Villa <laughs> and I'm sure he's as amenable to the ownership and as friendly <laughs> and chatty and he's a great guy. His results are worse than Bielsa's. So could it be that if Leeds lose at Villa tonight we can be rid of the Ted Lasso of the Premiership? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. And listen, you're so biased over this bloke, by the way. But, but, I'm, but I'm with you a little bit. I mean, I was watching and I really enjoyed the game at Cardiff. I know you came back late and stuff. And I just really enjoyed it and the way he was chucking players on and all that. And you kind of look at him and you just go, do you know what? This fella's full of BS. And he is, isn't he? 
But but yeah. I quite like I quite like him, man. <laughs> Honestly, I do. I quite, I quite like him. I, I don't think he's a particularly good manager, but there's just something about him. I want him. I want him to succeed because I mean he's just. He lives it, doesn't he? Twenty four hours a day, and, and I mean, I, yeah, but you I, see, Mark, I, you know what the problem is? In the first series of Ted Lasso, they got to this, got to Wembley for a cup semi final, and they got relegated, and that's the way this season is turned to look for Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're always on the dark side, aren't you? That's your problem. <laughs> what do you think, um, Tony? Because I mean, I, my complaints go back to the this pinball style of football and the absence of the width that was so wonderful to watch in Bielsa's time. And I know both of you gave out to me that it was shambolic defensively. It's every bit of shambolic and we don't even have the benefit of enjoyable football to watch now. Well, you've had, I mean, Matt, you before three at Tottenham, wasn't you? And that was Lost. A bit of spe- yeah, I know, but you know that was a real roller coaster ride in that particular game. You could argue the game that Mark talked about there with Cardiff away. You know, you two nil down. He throws on young lads to come back in the game. It's a really weird one, Matt. He does come out as Mark said. He comes out with some strange comments. I can't quite work out what leads are. At times they remind me of a team that will get bodies forward and, you know, Rodrigo's got goals this year, which has sort of got you out of jail slightly. You've lost great players like Rafinha, who are terrific for you, Kelvin Phillips. So you've, it's gone through a very transitional period, uh, Ellen Road, Matt. Um, it's a big game from tonight. That really is the case. Villa feel like they're changing. They feel like Unai Emery's moulding this Villa team to be... I know they lost against Stevenage in the Cup, but if you look at their team and their squad, they look like he's moulding them into a far better team, Matt. I hope I'm proving entirely wrong. So, Mark, you know what is the other thing that strikes me, though, is looking at Marsh in the space of the last year. My God, he looks like he's aged about five years <laughs> in the space of one year. And it, it, it happens with a lot of oh, premiership five. managers, doesn't it? Well, normally after two or three days, after your first defeat, Matt, <laughs> you, you kind of get in the contract out the door and say, well, how much do I get paid if I get shifted out of here? The other thing with Leeds, though, if, if, if they weren't particularly happy, happy with them, haven't you or aren't you buying a thirty-five million pound striker? Yes, from so, Hoffenheim right, right. in Germany, Rotter. Right. But you oh, yeah, you, another, yeah, but you'll buy the. Hang on a second. <laughs> They'll buy players for the new manager as much as they buy them for the existing manager. Goes back to the point that Tony made. Ago. Everyone's safe in their job until suddenly they're gone. Mm. Yeah, but I think I think you just you know you. The manager must have gone to the board and to recruitment and gone. I, I want him. Shoot, shoot, shoot. I mean, if he's in a position where they're just dumping players on him, then he, he shouldn't be there, or he should at least make a stand and say, you know what, no, well, if I'm if I'm go- if I'm going to fail here, I'm going to fail with my players, not your players. Well, I hope I'm gloriously wrong in this. I suppose it brings us to the league leaders, Arsenal, been away to Tottenham, Tony, and Antonio Conte certainly seems to be blaming been dumped with players he didn't want that he hasn't got most of his first choice players and he's been left without other gaps to be filled in the squad do you have any sympathy for him? Well he got in Bentancourt and he got in Kulishevsky and Matt and they're decent players you know they're He's, you know, I would say... And Perisic. He came in from Brighton as another player. I mean, surely he would have played a part in that. So it's a very difficult one because Conte has certainly gone out after, you know, the, the, the board slightly in the club of, you know, the quote the other week of you've got to spend at least twice a year 70 million on a player. 
you know, which comes to 140 million. They got Richarlison in for 60 million, Matt. You know, that's a big fee. I mean, the lad Spence who came from Borough, you know, he's 12 million. That hasn't got a kick. He doesn't want like him, apparently, did. though. This is getting to the point of Mark saying, you know, managers shouldn't allow players to come in he doesn't want. Conte has made it quite clear he didn't want that guy. Yeah, I, I don't get that, Matt. I mean, when you say you don't want him, you know, you're talking about a 12 million pound player who's very young, still he's in his early 20s, that might become, you know, and if you'd have watched him against certainly Leicester and Arsenal in the FA Cup last year for Nottingham Forest, he played really well in both games. Now, okay, he might not be his first choice, but surely, and this is one thing we don't really touch on a lot, and I hear this all the time in the game. You know, we're talking a lot here about managers. Look, there's many clubs now can't make up their mind if they want a coach or they want a manager, right? And that's, that's it literally riddled within the game. And owners can't make out their mind which is the best solution for them. Matt? Yes, Mark? I, I think the boy they signed from Forest has just been, he's been uh, bought to be sold. I, I, I honestly believe that. And I, th- and I think he kind of knows that himself as well. And I think that's as much as anything. Conte, Conte won't be bothered about that. He's, he'll go, well, he's... You know, he's not going to play. He's not even going to be a sub. If that's what you want to do, that's that's not an issue for him. I think Conte will be gone in the summer. I think he'll have done his, his, his 18 months, which is about the norm. And then he'll, he'll, he'll go and get another job somewhere. And what about Arsenal? Because it looks like they're going to now spend a small fortune on bringing in the Ukrainian winger Mugrich. And mm. there's also talk of Vlahovic again, uh, the Juventus striker who they were looking for last year, that they're going, or Lazio, they're going to go back for him. Um, I like him. I think he's a really good player, Vlahovic. I, I will take him. I don't, I don't know much um, about the other boy. I just think you've got to be very, very careful now with Arsenal, Matt, in terms of the players that you bring in, because they've obviously they've obviously got very good players. They've got a very good side. I think they've got a really good dressing room. It would appear to be. And you just got to be careful what you do in terms of who you bring in now. And I remember when I was at Newcastle and they brought Aspria in, right? And uh, everyone said he cost them the league. He didn't. He didn't. They were actually the, actually the, the front players when when Tino Aspria came in. It had just really lost a lot of form. And he, he got the blame for it, and it really wasn't him. So you just got to be really, really careful. They're in such a, such a good position. We saw City the other night, and, you know, Arsenal keep playing. They're not just going to win the league. They're going to win the league easily. But this is a, this is a real kind of – this could be a massive turning point. Yeah, if, this, it's a very interesting point, Tony. Both. Yeah, because Vlahovic, apparently Juventus don't want to let him go. No. Mudrik looks like he will come in when they get the deal sorted out. But, Tony – it is an interesting point because Arsenal, funny enough, it was Newcastle that they couldn't score against the last day in the league. They have these big games coming up. If they weren't to be, if they were to beat Tottenham, surely that'll give Rocket Charge their boost for the Premier League uh, campaign. But if they were to lose it, what would that do to them? Well, I mean, look, Mark's been involved in many a run-in. I've been involved in one at Villa in 1990, going into the final games, Matt, and every game feels like it's just, you know, the atmosphere is just fantastic to be part of, and you're excited about the games. But they've got, you know, they go Tottenham, Matt, they go Man United in the Premier League at home, um, Everton away, you know, they've got some real tricky ones. Man City on, I think, mid-Feb to play at the Emirates. So, look, Everything that's happened to them in the last sort of six months has been absolutely top-notch football. It feels like everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. They're playing well. A lot of Arsenal players are playing well. If you were to say to me now, the three best players this season, Matt, might put Haaland in there. 
but I would definitely name a couple of Arsenal ones. I think certainly Odegaard has done brilliant. I would even say that Saka's done fantastic for them. You could probably put Thomas Partey in there. Them three are really important to Arsenal. And I think the other... And you're talking about centre-forward. The kid at Enketia has done... He's done well, and he keeps getting the accusation, is he good enough? Well, he might not be just there, but he's, an imp he's improved since last season, Matt. And I think Arsenal fans should take a bit of hope with Eddie, because I think he's still got more development in him. He still looks like he can get goals. Yes, he got a couple in the cup, but he's, he's formed at the end of last season, and when he's been called upon this year, this year, I think he's done well. Do they need reinforcing? Of course, it's the bench, Matt. The bench is the big thing for Arsenal. More options for Arteta. They can go to the Tottenham Stadium and they can beat them, Matt. I really believe they can because I think they're a better side than Spurs. We need to take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Manchester Derby and Liverpool's trip to Brighton with Mark Lawrence and Antonio Cascarino after this. Welcome back to our Premier League preview of the weekend. Mark Lawrence and Antonio Cascarino with us. And Mark, one of the outstanding games of the season was Manchester City's demolition of Manchester United. 6-3, but really, the three were really consolation goals. Haaland and Foden with fantastic hat-tricks. A wonderful performance. And yet, going into this game tomorrow at lunchtime, I think a lot of people are wondering about Manchester City, particularly after that defeat in the EFL Carabao Cup to Southampton in midweek. And given that Manchester United seem to have a resilience about them now. So what do you expect? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be tough. Um, and you know, I think it's going to be tough, tough and tight. I think that was the worst City performance for a, a long, long time. And you know, you looked at your old boy from Leeds, and you're kind of thinking, "Wow, where, where's he gone? What, what's happened to him?" He doesn't have uh, Marcelo Bielsa to guide him anymore. Well, well there you go. You bet he'll go and sign from them wherever he is, Matt. <laughs> he's but nowhere. I mean, he's nowhere. <laughs> he's nowhere. Yeah, well, he, got, he can go and carry shopping then. Um, I think the thing is with with City though. I would be if I was Manchester United player. I would be worried playing against City after after what we saw the other night because you know the way that uh, that that he is Pep and as well as Manchester United done have done. This is a real acid test for them because if City are on it, United will hardly get the ball, and I don't think they're that good a side even to play on the break to score against Manchester City. I actually feel that Manchester City will beat them and, and beat them quite convincingly. But what about sort of the odd things that Prep is up to now these days, Tony, selection-wise? I mean, two players in particular who seem to have dropped down the pecking order who would be regarded as first choice at any other club, uh, Cancelo and Phil Foden. I mean, what the hell is going on that they're no longer first choices? And it's a strange thing about him, Matt. I could never work out with Pep. Suddenly players can be playing really well then be left out the team. And then they were... Mahrez was like that last season. I remember thinking Mahrez was on top of his game and then suddenly he can be out the side. And then... He, and especially with wide players. He does it a lot with players that you think... Sterling had this problem, Matt. If you think of one of the reasons why he was unhappy at City and wanted to, you know, look for a new, new football club, it was that he was, became a bit part player. And, and it's happened too often with Pep uh, on certain players. So... It's a strange. I thought they were really poor against Southampton. I know that he left out some big names and had them on the bench. But it's, it's a tough job being a wide man for Pep because of the demands. Look how Jack Grealish has found it, where he just can't seem to replicate. I know okay, he's playing a slightly different style of football. You know, it's, it's a, it feels like you need a year to be with Pep, at least, before you get... You know, look at, you get, at Calvin Phillips. You know about enough about him, Matt. Who he, is a he, decent he, player? He 
Signed in a year to before he could, probably could be a regular in City's team. Yeah. Well, he's not going to get in ahead of Rodri, is he? No, not at the moment, Matt, because... But it says Pep has a really weird... I mean, he's, he spoke last week or a few days ago, and he, he mentioned about, you know, he's going to make some really strange decisions. And, and, and you sort of think, what is Pep... You know, what... Richard, that's blown up in his face previously. I mean, most famously, Champions League final against yeah. Chelsea. Has he been Champions. too smart, Matt? Is, is, is there... Because this City team has not played nowhere near as it did last season. Mark. I'll tell you what, Matt, I've, 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 occasionally when I've been to the games, and you, you, know, you can't get away afterwards because of the traffic, I go and sit in and listen to the, uh, to the managers afterwards. And, 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 and there is, not often, but on occasion, a feeling when you're in there that Pep thinks he's the smartest, cleverest man in the room. Well, he probably I, is, in fairness, Mark. Well, well, oh, oh Matt, that's he's a bit hard. Mark. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, do, do, do you know what I mean, though? And it's I, a do, little bit I do, sad. I do, I do. How can you question me about these players? What, what, you know, it's almost like saying, what, do you, what would you know about it? And, and stuff like that. But he, he's, just, he's just a bit, a bit that way. Cancelo can play. He's two-footed, left-back, right-back, play midfield for you. And, like, just, you know, he's, he's big and he's strong. And as you were saying, he can't get anywhere near the team. And, and I don't get it. But do you know what you don't get with Manchester City? You don't get any mumblings about players not being happy. So he seems to be able to keep them happy. Yes, they all want to play in the team. Why wouldn't you want to play in the team? He's, he's, left, he's, he's left your man out, Haaland, on a couple of occasions. And he, must be, he must be spitting thinking, God, I could score 80 goals here if I play every week. But they all take it. And, you know... In the end, if they get the trophies, etc., and it's all brilliant, isn't it? And it, you know, Pep's a genius. Yeah, that guy, Haaland, Tony, he hasn't scored the last two games. What's all the hype about? <laughs> well, yeah, look, Matt, he's come on, didn't he, in midweek, and uh, I, I think it's easy for if he can do it, if he can leave Kevin De Bruyne out. That's clearly been their main yeah. player for a number of seasons, and Kevin De Bruyne, as far as I know, Matt, I'm aware that he doesn't really say much about being left out. If, if you know, and, it, and is it really being dropped at City? No, it's not. It's been given rest time for the next next game in front of them. So it's a strange one, but I think because Kevin De Bruyne is never going to rock the boat. It feels like everybody else will just follow in suit. Mm. Yeah. I'd say, point. Mark, there must be a lot of Liverpool fans anxious about the visit to Brighton tomorrow. I think they're just anxious, full stop, Matt. <laughs> I think I think word's gone out in the league that you, you, you get at them, you'll you create all sorts of chances. I mean, Wolves should have won in the Cup. Uh, obviously, Van Dijk's out, although he wasn't playing particularly well himself. But they just they just look like they're going to make mistakes. Um and as we keep saying about the midfield looking long and leggy, um, and that's part of the problem. They can't protect the, the uh, back players. They can't help the front players generally. Uh, they've got young kids who are going to be very good players, but probably not now is not the right time. Um, Brighton played them early in the season. Matt was at the game, and, and they should have won comfortably in a 3-3. They, were, they, were, they, they outplayed Liverpool. And just at the moment, you know, there's, there's yet more injuries, etc., and <laughs> I think I think Klopp's pulling his hair out to be honest with you OK just a couple of brief things to finish up with um, Tony Newcastle beaten in the FA Cup maybe that's a blessing they now have the semi-final of the EFL Cup ahead of them and a game against Fulham tomorrow the Fulham team that'll be on a high after that victory over Chelsea game on on Sunday uh, that's one that could be a good game Yeah I, I think Newcastle will win Matt I think they're a better team um, and look they're 
their exit in the cup against Sheffield Wednesday was a little bit like your Cardiff Cardiff game with Leeds, Matt, where they they really caused uh, Newcastle a number of issues, you know. Yeah, but at least Leeds didn't go out. No, <laughs> but you're, you're right. You're right, uh, Matt. It's look. It's a, it's a Newcastle have had a tremendous season, and and uh, and I think Eddie Howe has pinched himself how well it's gone this year. And just Matt. to finish, you know, Mark, I'm out of time, so I just want to ask oh, you about Southampton at Everton because Southampton shocked everyone by beating Man City in the quarter final of the EFL Cup. Can they carry that forward in their visit to Goodison tomorrow? And if they were to do so, would that be the end for Frank Lampard? Well, no, I think they might get a point, most definitely, because they're on the rise. I think, listen, I could give you half an hour, Frank Lampard, but it's the problem with Everton, this goes back a long, long time, Matt, with, yeah. with the managers, with recruitment, and, and that, that they're just on a downward spiral, and you worry about them being relegated. Yeah, because if they couldn't do it under Ancelotti and Benitez, how could they do it under Lampard? Ange- An- Ancelotti, the, the great escape, Matt, he should have been in the film. Thank you very much, Tony Cascarino and Mark Lawrenson. The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.